Welcome to Inspiring Stories from American History with Rebecca Price Janney. Today's story is about Ka'ahumanu. During King Kamehameha's rule of Hawaii, he relied heavily on the advice of his dynamic and much younger wife, Ka'ahumanu. When he died in 1819, his widow became Kuhuna Nui, or co-ruler, with Kamehameha's son by another marriage. A curious situation followed, however, when the new king traveled to England in 1823 and died there a year later. Ka'ahumanyu now took center stage in controlling the islands as queen regent on behalf of the very young Kamehameha III, That was the unmistakable message she sent during her glorious inauguration. The ceremony of installation was a gorgeous spectacle. Along the shore, partly on the sand and partly in the water, was a great throng of people. Facing them, a group of chiefs resplendent in feather cloaks and helmets, with the dowager queen Ka'ahumanyu occupying the central position. Ka'ahumanyu left no doubt as to who was in charge of the Hawaiian Islands. The date of her birth is not known for certain, but scholars place it between 1768 and 1777. Many legends surround her infancy. For instance, Some say she was born in a cave at Hana on Maui during a war between rival chiefs. Other tales recount several close calls Ka'ahumanyu had with death, including one in which she was swept out to sea. What is known for sure is that Ka'ahumanyu's mother had once been married to a king of Maui long before Hawaiian unification and that her father served as an advisor to King Kamehameha. Ka'ahumanyu grew into a formidable woman, a person of great inner strength. She also stood six feet tall and weighed 300 pounds, and in her culture was considered very attractive. The explorer, Captain George Vancouver, said Ka'ahumanyu was one of the finest women we had yet seen on any of the islands. As a passionate young teenager, she married King Kamehameha, to whom she had been promised as a child by her father. Her husband, a middle-aged man with many other wives, professed that he loved her best. Theirs was not only a meeting of two great minds and hearts, but a locking of horns as well. Their mutual stubbornness resulted at least once in their estrangement, with Ka'ahumanyu returning to her parents' home. Captain Vancouver, who was fond of both, helped to reconcile them. Following her husband's death, Ka'ahumanyu married the king of Kauai, on October 9, 1821. Within a short time, she also wed his son. After Christian missionaries encouraged her to be monogamous, Ka'ahumanyu abandoned her marriage to her stepson, 
She had no children by any of her marriages. This powerful woman lived during a time of upheaval and transition in her nation's history. Outside pressures threatened the political autonomy of Hawaii. On the other hand, there was a strong internal movement toward unifying the various islands into a single kingdom. Ka'ahumanu was also anxious to elevate the position of women in Hawaiian society. Until that time, they were not even permitted to eat with men. Ka'ahumanu convinced Kamehameha II to break that ban, declaring that she was going to do it regardless. The turning point came in November 1819. When the young king had finally made his decision and was on the point of putting it into execution, a course requiring no small amount of courage on his part, he caused a feast to be prepared to which all the leading chiefs and several foreigners were invited. Two tables were set in the European fashion, one for men and one for women. After the guests were seated, and had begun to eat, the king took two or three turns round each table, as if to see what passed at each, and then suddenly, and without any previous warning to any but those in secret, seated himself in a vacant chair at the women's table, and began to eat voraciously, but was evidently much perturbed. The guests, astonished at this act, clapped their hands and cried out, the eating taboo is broken. Ka'ahumanyu became literate under missionary guidance, but she wrestled with accepting Christianity for four years. During that period, however, she instituted a law code based largely on the Ten Commandments. The strong-willed ruler considered it time for her subjects to abandon archaic and detrimental principles. She believed Christianity provided the foundation for a better, more equitable society. In June 1824, Ka'ahumanyu announced the creation of her law code that proscribed, There shall be no murder. There shall be no theft of any description. There shall be no boxing or fighting among the people. There shall be no work or play on the Sabbath, but this day shall be regarded as the sacred day of Jehovah. Ka'ahumanyu, one of Hawaii's most powerful rulers, had set the stage for the Christianization of her people. Meanwhile, she had submitted to baptism in 1825, taking Elizabeth as her Christian name. Her subjects referred to her as the new Ka'ahumanyu because of her evangelical fervor for converting her people. She ordered the demolition of pagan idols and would not permit Roman Catholic missionaries to come into Hawaii, fearing that their statues would pull her people back into idol worship. Ka'ahumanyu also supported temperance, to the extent of ordering the destruction of sugarcane fields so that no more rum could be produced. 
In her final years, Ka'ahumanyu traveled widely throughout the islands, meeting her subjects and promoting Christianity and literacy. She died on June 5, 1832 in Manoa Valley, Honolulu, having been buried next to Kamehameha I, the most imposing figure among the native rulers of Hawaii. A chief of high rank and autocratic temper, she governed her people, as a contemporary observer remarked, with a rod of iron. But in her later years, her most striking characteristic was religious zeal. She was the firm friend and protector of the Protestant missionaries and exerted herself to the time of her last illness in spreading the Christian gospel. Henry A. Pierce, a frequent critic of the Protestant missionaries and the native rulers, said this of Kamehamehu just after her death. She died a Christian. It has always heretofore been my opinion that her adherence and adoption of the Christian religion was from policy, but I have lately been convinced from the piety displayed during her sickness and at the hour of her death that she really believed in and practiced the principles of the Christian religion. Thank you for joining me for Inspiring Stories from American History. I'm Rebecca Price Janney.